Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is an actor and singer that you know from the bilingual comedy series on Apple TV Plus, Acapulco, where he plays Maximo's hilarious and lovable right-hand man, Memo. Please welcome Mr. Fernando Carza. Fernando, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So we're going to get started with a uh, game called Getting to Know You. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and see how many of these rapid fire questions you can get through, uh, starting with coffee or tea? Coffee. Drama or comedy? Oh, comedy. Hero or villain? Um, to watch hero to play villain. <laughs> Stage acting or screen acting? Oh, no! Um, let's do a stage performance that it's been filmed as well. <laughs> uh, what's the last show that you binged? Uh, the morning show. What actor has had the biggest influence on you? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, um, well, Harvey Guillen is one of them. And then for the stage, Christian Borel. <laughs> uh, who is your dream co-star? Um, right now, Angelica Vale. Mm. Uh, if you could be in the revival of any Broadway show, which would you choose? Um, I don't think it's going to happen for a while, but um, I would love to be uh, Damien in Mean Girls. Mm. Uh, what's a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Um, um, oh, uh, The Rescuers? Disney wow, The Rescuers? Have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throwback. Uh, so that's time. So last question, describe your most memorable audition in three words and memorable can be good or bad. So that's up to you. Acapulco, Apple TV, memo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Fernando, you were born and raised in Colima, Mexico, mm -hmm. and later moved to the U.S. to start your career in acting. When did your love of performing first start? And when did you decide that it's what you wanted to do as a career? Um, well, I've always loved performing since I can remember. So, I mean, my earliest memory is from when I was three. Mm. Um, and it was through this woman called Tatiana, which a lot of people in the Latinx community might know. She sings for kids. She's not like La Reina de los Niños. So mm. That's the person who inspired me to be a performer. Um, and I mean, I've always played, like, I've, that was always like my, that's what I would play, you know, my, my playtime would be singing and dancing. I never really had toys. I used to be the kid that used to ask for movies and, and CDs, like albums mm. for Christmas. Um, so I could sing and dance to them in my backyard or in my room. And I guess I've always known, but like at seven, which is when I started training, that's when I like, like training solidified my love to it, for it, sorry. And after I started learning about the discipline that comes with wanting to be a performer and an actor and all mm. that stuff, that's when I really learned to love it. Uh, because I knew that I was able to put up with the ups and the downs <laughs> yeah. of this um, career. Uh, but technically my whole life, my parents were both actors, so that helped a lot. I had that huge art influence from them. I have an uncle who's a singer. A lot of people in my family love music. So I've, I've always been surrounded by art. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's my turn to live that art life fantasy that my parents mm -hmm. got to live in their youth. <laughs> It's interesting because I feel like, you know, the majority of actors that I've interviewed, that's almost never the case. They're usually like the only actor in their family. And it's like, so it's so it's so interesting that you were, come from a family of artists. Um, mm -hmm. I come from a family of cooks, so <laughs> I went oh a totally God. different route. <laughs> <laughs> that's so pretty cool, though. Yeah. 
so let's talk about Acapulco. So I'm such a huge fan of the show since it first came out. Me and my boyfriend have watched every single week and it's so funny and it's charming and, and joyful. And we've talked about this before in a past interview, but just seeing Latinx portrayed in such a positive light after year after year after year of drugs and crime shows and all of that. And even some of the Spanish networks produce those types of shows, which gets a little frustrating because it's like we're yeah. striving for that change in representation, but we're also the ones making those shows. So it's yep. just very frustrating. Um, but it's just such a wonderful show. So so congrats on the success of the show. I really hope that it continues and there's a, another season because it really deserves just all the love. So congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That means a lot. Thank you. Um, so the show was developed in, in a cast and filmed during the pandemic. And I got to speak with your show's co-creators, Jason and Eduardo, mm -hmm. and they shared how you all like stayed on the resort during production yeah. and to stay safe and all of that. And you were all like secluded during that time. So what was that whole experience like for you? I can't imagine like you're literally like, living and working at work <laughs> for months <laughs> on end. So what was all that like for you? Well, I mean, of course, at times it was hard, you know, because even though you're in a hotel with over 600 people with their only loving productions, there are days that you don't work, but everyone else is working. So you're in this hotel all by yourself. It feels like oh, you're all by yourself. However, that was like 1% of the time, you know, most of the mm -hmm. time, you know, we were also very blessed because um, Apple made sure that we had like an entertainment department that would keep us busy whenever we were in our days off so like mm -hmm. we could kayak you know there were a few restaurants at the hotel and at the end of the day uh i do believe it helped create this very beautiful chemistry within all the cast members in this family behind the scenes um so like i for instance developed a really close and, and beautiful relationship with um vanessa bauche which you know be working with such an icon and, and also hide her, have her guide me off camera was also it was beautiful it was the same thing with jessica collins and of course, you know, these are the characters that I didn't get to like, or the actors that I didn't get to share screen with that much, but I, I got to create these really cool relations behind the scenes. And of course, Enrique, who plays Maximo, mm -hmm. uh, Rodrigo and Rosana, who play the pool singers, Augusto and Adriana, um, Camila, Regina, Rafael, Cor like just everybody, honestly. And like even our recurring characters, like it was just, I loved it just because it, it, I was completely immersed in this beautiful experience, which was my TV debut. You know, and I got to, I learned so much and, and living with everybody, everyone taught me so much and about business, you know, and, and what being an actor now in the professional world is like and all that stuff. I mean, I, it was beautiful. I loved it. I personally mm -hmm. loved it. I'm not a person that usually likes to go out much anyways. I much rather have quality time with friends. And that's what I got to have 24 seven off and on set. So I was very grateful. And you know, things like this usually don't happen. I don't know how, if we get a second season, how that would work out, but like things don't happen like this. You don't get to spend this much time with the people that you love and care for. So, yeah. you know, we were each other's families for three months. So I'm actually glad that we had each other yeah. um, to be each other's support system. And it's interesting because that whole dynamic works in the show because it's like yeah. everyone learning to come closer and how Maximo's changing everyone's sort of just attitude and how they're making everyone like a big family. Um, so that's great that you had that you sort of naturally had just that progression of of getting closer with people and developing those types of relationships. Um, is there any particular advice that maybe Jessica or Vanessa gave you that that sticks out or or just any particular like, memorable moment that sticks out to you? 
Well, um, on episode nine, which I think when it comes to comedy is the one that Memo is most, like I, I get a lot of comedic bit, bits in, in, in episode nine and I, I, it's my personal favorite. And Vanessa was like, Fernando, take your time. I know you sometimes feel rushed because you know we're on the clock and like you wanna, mm. you know, you're afraid of running out of time, but like comedy is all about timing. So like, make sure you take your time, make sure the camera gets to see that reaction. Like, you know, and then when it comes to career stuff, she was very like, don't be afraid to like take risks or like invest on this, invest on that. Like uh, you're doing a wonderful job. Like don't be afraid of like standing up for yourself and what you believe in. And uh, with Jessica, Jessica was also very wonderful because there were a lot of questions that I had and said like, is this appropriate? Is this not appropriate? Can I talk to the writers about this? And she would like be like, yeah, of course. Like she would guide me on, on how to, mm. you know, um, how to um, do certain things that I, I, I didn't know if it was appropriate to do or not. Uh, Jessica was also really good at like reminding me how blessed I, I was to have this opportunity in making my TV debut. She was like, Fernando, you were you don't understand how lucky you are. So just make sure that like you're grateful and, and don't forget, you know, that this is very special. So yeah, they were all incredible, you know, people that, that guided me throughout the whole, it was in with Regina Orozco. She was, I mean, I have a lot of my scenes with her. So she was mm -hmm. like, you got this to your time, you know, let's go over it. Like they were all, I like to, I like to call those three women, my unsaid fairy godmothers, because they were huge. <laughs> like they guided me so much throughout the whole process. And I learned so much from them. Um, I adore them. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, it's Juan here. If you're enjoying this week's episode so far, please subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you're listening and head over to Instagram at Actors with Issues and give us a follow. It really helps us out with getting sponsorships and booking some higher profile guests. If you have any friends or family that are actors and may want to hear advice from those who are in the thick of it, please recommend the show to them too. And if you guys have any questions for future guests, you can leave those in the comments on any of our Instagram posts, and we'll be sure to include those in our next interview. Thank you all so, so much for your constant support. Now, let's get back to the show. In terms of like career aspirations, what is something that you really, really want to work on? If you could join or like guest star on a show or a specific genre, like what's something that you really want to work on? Because you've done this like full season of a comedy show now. Yeah, um, I would love to do a movie, you know, because it is a bit of a different process than doing TV. Um, uh, I, I think, I mean, I want to keep doing comedic stuff. Like after seeing how people have reacted to Acapulco and Memo especially, like it's been beautiful to see the impact that comedy has on people and the joy that it, it brings them. Mm. Uh, but of course I want to dig into like dramatic characters, you know what I mean? Or, or play a little bit of like the... Um, the antagonist maybe that we find. I love playing not like bad characters or like evil characters just because I think it's interesting, you know, to make a villain human and, and try to showcase what they do, what they do. Mm. Um, I've, I, I've played a couple of villains during my college years and I've always enjoyed them so much just because it's so different from who I am. So that challenge of figuring out what they do, what they do 
it's really like it just lights up a fire under me and it, it makes me really want to like work and do things and create um and a musical show i would love to do a musical show mm-hmm. um something like so it's extraordinary playlist i would love to do something like that yeah so even, much uh, <laughs> yeah i mean you're young you've got lots of time so i'm, I'm sure you will get your your time to do all of that uh looking back if you could go back and give young Fernando, you know, when he was just starting his career, some advice. So what would you tell him? Um, well, it's so weird because I feel like this was eight months ago. You know what I mean? Like we started <laughs> filming the show in, in March and technically like that's when my career got started. So it's not even been a full year. Uh, but back in the day, I was very, which I still did deal with a lot, like imposter syndrome when I got mm. cast in the show and it was like six months after I had graduated. You know, in school, everyone and everyone makes such like, um, like um, they put so much focus on telling you it's a rough path. You never, you know, it takes time. Da, 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 da. So when everything happened so fast, I was like, oh, I, I don't deserve this. Like, why am I, why is yeah. Apple trusting me that I can do this? Like, no, 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 no. Who told them I could, you know? <laughs> so it was tough. It was a little tough at the beginning. And uh, eventually when I got to set, because another part of my journey is I had never worked with a camera before. I had never taken an acting for the class, an acting for the camera class, sorry, or, or trained for TV or film. Mm-hmm. So when I showed up to set, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, I was so nervous. And eventually I had to tell myself, you have to trust on the people that hire you, that they believe that you can do it, but you have to trust on the writers, you have to trust on the directors, that they, they, they know what they're doing. So if they, you're not giving them what they need, they're going to make you do it again. Mm-hmm. so it's like you just kind of have to trust you know and like you're here for a reason and God put you in this position for a reason and you should be able to let go and just trust that people believe in you and that they hire you because they think you can do it and just trust what they tell you to do um so maybe that <laughs> it would have saved me a lot of anxiety and like moments of losing my mind a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, So with the name of our show, Actors with Issues, um, we always have our guests sort of shed some light on a struggle or an issue that they faced as actors and how they've dealt with it to hopefully give some insight to our listeners who are actors and artists as well. And you did touch on imposter syndrome, and Mm -hmm. that's a very common thread. We've done this show, I think, by the end of the year, we'll be at like 80 episodes. So it'll, we've talked with so many people and imposter syndrome is super common, things like audition anxiety. Um and just sort of dealing with like um, depression and, and the whole financial side of being an actor and all of that, that there's so much that goes into it. So what's an issue that um, that you're comfortable, of course, um, mm-hmm. shedding some light on that and how you've sort of dealt and coped with it? Um, I think for me, the biggest one, honestly, is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. I mean, to this day, I mean, it's crazy. Like I talk to my parents about this a lot. It's like I watch the show and I see myself on screen And I'm like, that is not me, (laughs) you know, like that's not me. And I know that's not exactly what imposter syndrome is, but it does come from this place of like, why am I in this position? Who said I was ready? You know, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm not ready. What comes after? What if we don't get renewed? Like, am I at the level to actually compete for other serious regular jobs? Or did I just get lucky? You know, like Mm -hmm. all of these questions. And I mean, a lot of it, I I feel comes from, you know, the fact that, like I said, when I was training, there was so much emphasis put on the fact that like it takes time it's not easy it's hard da, da, da. Um, I wish more people put, would put more emphasis on teaching that it's a different journey for everybody yes you know yeah. and that you have to learn to accept what that journey is 
I mean, to be completely honest with you, I don't know what's next for me, you know? You know, I, I yes, I feel like to people who look so glamorous, like, oh, you're on TV and, you know, you got to work with Eugenio Derbez. And don't get me wrong, I feel very blessed and very lucky. And it is true, I got very blessed with that opportunity. I'm very grateful for it. But like, to an extent, that job is done, you know? And like, it's, it's yeah. been filmed. I have to move on to the next thing, you know? And, and there are so many aspects contract-wise that go into trying to find another job that it, it gets hard you know even when you're a serious mm-hmm. regular every level that you go into in this industry you're going to be competing you're ne- you never stop competing you know so yeah I don't know I, I I feel like I wish there was more emphasis on like appreciating your journey and and like understanding that it's different for everybody and that it's mm-hmm. okay to be up and down and up and down and up and down you know and I think like most people just kind of try to scare you for some reason yeah instead of encouraging you so um yeah that's what i'm dealing with a lot right now you know just imposter syndrome and just the limbo of like where are we going with this i don't know but <laughs> we're on for the right yeah yeah that's definitely been a, a common thread again with all the interviews that i've done um is that sort of emphasis on you know no two paths are alike and and there mm-hmm. is no sort of clear trajectory for a career it's not like you do five co-stars and then you do a few guest stars and then you get a series regular it's like well if someone's looking for someone like me for Mm -hmm. a series regular that opportunity might come your way just like you said every path is completely different because every character is different it's not like you know we all audition for the same stuff um so yeah i think it's definitely and you know there's also the whole thing about the entertainment industry is you have to toughen up, you have to have thick skin. So it's sort of like they are preparing you for that. But in a way, they're scaring you, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like presetting your mind to like, there's going to be a lot of suffering. And I remember, you know, one of the things, like speaking with Jessica Collins on set, mm-hmm. one time I was like, yeah, it's just been so overwhelming because I haven't suffered enough. I haven't suffered enough. And she was like, Fernando, stop. You don't need to suffer. You know, right. you don't have to suffer. You need to understand that like, it's different for everybody, you know? And I all that you can do is keep training and, and, you know, keep focusing and doing the thing. So yeah, that's exciting. I was like, that was my mindset. I haven't suffered enough. I don't serve this. Yeah. That's a horrible thing to say. You right. Know? I'm like, I should be enjoying this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like who willingly, who subjects himself to be the starving artist. Like not everyone. I know. <laughs> I hate that mentality. It's so, yeah. so frustrating. Uh, Cause again, like you said, no two pads are alike. So it's just, not everyone has to reach that point or maybe you'll struggle later. Maybe it's like you're blessed now and it comes later or it doesn't come at all. You really never exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's an unknown path. Yeah. Just like life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to wrap up with our final game. Uh, there's no timer. So don't worry about a rapid fire answers, uh, but it's called now that we know you since we've gotten the chat for a bit. Uh, so fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be baking. <laughs> I'd be a chef because I come from the family of cooks. So that's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> uh, what is one thing that people buy that you think is a total waste of money? College textbooks. You never use Ooh. them. They yeah. lie to you. You spend too much money on them and you never <laughs> use them. Would you rather start in a hit sitcom for 100 episodes or a three-part film franchise? Oh, uh, the film franchise. <laughs> uh, what is something that you wish you had more time to do? Uh, mm, I would say maybe 
more time to dance. I wish I had more time to dance. Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the pandemic? Oh God, um, there's so many things, but I think mostly that life is too short to not live in the moment, which I just to this day I'm learning. Um, but also that we need to open up our hearts more and be more willing to love and and be less selfish for one another. We need that desperately. So yeah, that. Uh, what's a world issue you think that more people should care about? Um, poverty, you know, um, especially homelessness, um, especially with kids. I It hurts my, my heart to see kids have to go mm. through that. Um, yeah, that one. Uh, what is the best advice you ever got? Uh, be yourself because what makes you different is what makes you special. And what is the worst advice you ever got? Um, I would, well, it's technically it means to like change yourself. I mean, kind of it's the opposite of, but, but I've been told that, you know, like, oh, lose weight and change who you are in order to be able to work in this business. Hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> an eternal and it's so frustrating because we all because because there's that advice like be yourself be you know you're unique and then there's the whole other side of thinking of no you have to fit into a box it's like yep do away with that (laughs) yeah but hey the other one has worked better for me the one of like be yourself that's that's the one that has been you know actually um making me have progress so i'll keep following that one instead (laughs) exactly (laughs) and lastly in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor um believe in yourself because no one else will believe in you like you do Mm. love it yeah but thank you so much for being here thank you for joining us today on actors with issues uh where can folks find you on instagram if they want to give you a follow um i'm at fernando carza please uh and watch our show too please (laughs) and everyone go watch season one uh it's almost done right we're approaching the end of season one (laughs) we have like Uh, an episode left oh boy but it's really good, I promise. <laughs> the whole the whole show is really, really good, guys. I, I can't I can't boast about it enough, really. It's one of my favorite comedies this year. For anyone that wants to follow us, you can find us at Actors with Issues on Instagram. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Monday. I'm Juaniala. That's Fernando Carza. This is Actors with Issues, and we'll see you next week.